Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Yeah, there's nothing else going on in the world. You might as well talk about some college football. That's what we do on this show. Uh, my name is Spencer Hall. I am the editorial director. Uh, well, I guess editor-at-large is better. I like editor-at-large. It's vague. When anyone asks what you do, you're like, I'm editor-at-large. It's large! And it's at. And it's, Nation. It makes and, you sound like a secret agent who's like been stripped of his license to kill temporarily. Mm, yeah, no, that's generally my like ideal job description, right? Mm-hmm. Can well, you and, kill? I used to be able to, but now the man's got me down. And depending on how many plates you're pushing these days, it's it's probably accurate. Like I, I'd imagine, I'd imagine you're looking swole these days, right? I, you know, if you're within six feet of me, you're dead. If you're within seven, I gotta chase you, and then it's debatable. If you outrun me over thirty yards, you're, you're probably gonna live. Like I'll follow you to hell. When's the last time you ran in thirty a yards? Car. Uh, two days ago. Okay. How was it? Chasing a kid? It was fine. It was fine. I mean, it's not... Running's not fun, you know? And if you're, like, super big and jacked and swole, it's really not fun. That's why why we, as soon as possible in human development, we were like, ah, fuck, can I just... Hey, horse, come here. I don't want to do this anymore. Can you do it? Can I just lay on you, please? Thank you. Oh, I'm going to fucking invent agriculture if I have to take another goddamn step. <laughs> yeah, you notice in the game Civilization, running running disappears real fast, right? It's not like, oh, you have sprinting troops. No, they're well, like, we got horses. So since you've gone ahead and opened up this can of worms, your scout <laughs> is pretty useful all throughout the game. Uh, even in towards the very end, I always feel like Mike Leach whenever we mention someone mentions civilization. So I'm like, I know you don't give a shit, but I'm about to talk. But your scout is useful toward the very end as a as a spy. Well, he yeah, can, he I mean, there park are him people... up on a hill till the end of time, and you can see if an army's coming. There are people who brag about running. Like that doesn't make it good just because some people like it. Yeah, I mean, people brag about. Oh boy, I returned videos on time. I never understood why people got in trouble in that. I always turn my homework in on time. I, yeah, how, I like, how's, how's I like, that treating you? I like Notre Dame football. Mm-hmm. It's funny. You know, I floss every day. Don't know how other people have trouble doing it. I remember the name of the university I graduated from. Yeah, and wow. I'd like you to remember it as well. Wow, the, the mundanity of your pride is is amazing. Please, engage me further. I tend to pay my bills on time, sometimes early. Wow, get a merit badge for that. Way to go. You know you, who you had, a, but I mean, Notre Dame did have auto pay set up for the Charlie Weiss contract, so and that was smart. Ooh, boy, and that's that's real smart because that that came due. You don't want, oh man, you don't want the late fee on that two million dollar annual. Ooh, if you no. can't, if you can't afford to pay it, you know what happens? That motherfucker comes back. <laughs> Read the fine print, sucker. Okay, I'm in charge again. <laughs> Does Charlie Weiss come like a tufted needle mattress in a box that you have to be very careful opening, right? Like, actually, like, so let's say Brian Kelly, let's say they go mm, seven and five in 2017, yeah. and you, you fucked up the contract, and oh shit, Charlie Weiss is coming back, and he wants to, he wants to stage a coup. Are you just like, ah, whatever? Sure. Well, no, I mean, I. I... I think you're mostly mad that you didn't pull the ripcord sooner and argue like, hey, we're still paying you. You still, you're on the hook, buddy. You throw money at him like he's a damn vampire and it's <laughs> I can't, I can't garlic or whatever. You call it a buyout, I, will, I call it a retainer. I will tell you, my <laughs> You're on retainer to be not coach. <laughs> uh, two things about Notre Dame amuse me. One, the claim that people enjoy making online by calculating the exact value per win that they'd pay it, saying... Well, you know, Charlie Weiss, man, he was like, at Kansas, he was 1.25 mil a win. And at Notre Dame, he was 1.4 mil a win. I would like to ask anyone listening, I don't know, Alabama fans, for instance, trying to find the most corrupt and fanatically devoted people in college football, you'd pay 1.4 mil a win if you knew that was the cost ahead of time, right? If you lined it up, you go, boys, you got a maximum of 14 games. It's going to cost you about ah, $22 million to go undefeated this season. You know who's going to pay for it? Alabama. They're going to like close some preschools. They're going to take away Head Start funding. They'll be like, we'll, we'll find it, damn it. There's no, couch that, cushions. There's no. children's welfare. 
They'll they they won't pay for the old miss loss because they know they can survive that. Yeah, yeah, you get one you get one freebie. Heck, that's a guarantee that you're going to the title game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and if you're Kansas, damn right you're paying one point two mil for a win. <laughs> really, how many do we get? Four? One. Yeah, let's can, find it. I th- I think we can scratch together two point three. Can I get point three of a win? Do you round up? Sure, sure. You still get to play Texas, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You see, if we lower everyone's price per win to the point where it costs $5 a win and we don't get any wins, uh, an economic miracle happens. Kansas! Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's You'd pay that. Like I think that's kind of like uh, really backwards thinking when you go, well, they cost that much per win. Well, yeah. You'd pay it <laughs> in advance. That's not the point, man. Like Charlie Strong, according to Darren Ravel, and I just said his name, he unblocked me, so... I can give him credit for that. Wow. Like you're something. So you've like entered the sports business industry now. I am a sports business reporter now. Magnet, if you will. Please come to my special convention of Thinkfluencers and Power Brokers. Uh, SpenceCon. Every day should be Salaryman Day. Uh, we are we're influential. We're very important. And there's only 50 of us. But you have to pay $7,000 to get into the convention. Uh, but once you're there, instant credibility. You'll be with all those other Thinkfluencers. You'll also get a free pair of shoes from Spencer's new um, new line, Thick Baller brand. Thick Baller. <laughs> Remember, six, y- six yards and deadly is our motto. Seven yards, you're probably getting away. Thick Baller brand. Let's play half court. Basically, I'm a rhinoceros at this point. Nearsighted, powerful. And if it goes further than 30 yards... We're we're just gonna let you roll, buddy. Thick baller brand, yeah, I'm cherry picking, but cherries are delicious. Seven thousand dollars a pair, thick baller. Charlie Strong uh, was one point eight five mil a win, by the way. So way to go, Charlie. I don't know why this is a mark of shame when they're like, yeah, man, like he was really expensive per win. Luxury brands, luxury brands. How much you you gonna pay fifty cents for a Godiva truffle? I don't think so. You want to pay full price? I think. I think this is the wrong way to look at it. I think you should really be paying how much you paid per loss, right? Yeah. Because that, you get, paid, you get paid the same money, win or lose. Ooh, yeah. So and Nick Saban, his losses are breaking the fucking bank. That's right. And then you look at a coach like Charlie Weiss, and you're like, well, you know, he really spreads that. He amortizes is what he does. Oh, if this were an insurance market, please. Please, Nick Saban incurring much greater costs per stroke, right? You're like, he only has one heart attack every three years. But, but it's woo. deadly. It's deadly. It's Man, it's a whopper. It's the big one. Yeah, it's a whereas, toe curler, man. Whereas the Charlie Weiss program, yeah, we're, we're amputating, but you got ten fingers and ten toes. Charlie Weiss, the boxing Helena of coaches. We just amputate <laughs> little by little. Work your, work your way in. Johnny got his gun. The yeah. Kansas Seahawks head coach. And like that movie, you'll be sightless, soundless, and mute. Sitting there going, yes. please, please kill me. Please just kill don't, me. Don't ever watch it. Don't, don't ever watch it. Um, by the way, the other Notre Dame fact. I did not forget our second point, And that is a first. Notre Dame has the largest football staff in the country, which was according to an NCAA survey obtained exclusively by CBSSports.com. The largest staff, according <laughs> to. Uh, all right, now we're we're going we're yeah. going to get into that. We're going to yeah. get into that. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you hop in with the well actually here. Okay, <laughs> I'm handing you the shoot. You just drop in with the well, actually, when I am done with the basic facts of the case, indicating that they are incomplete as presented. Okay? Yeah. 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 Well, Your Honor, I would point out that uh, even the NCAA is admitting we're just looking at websites and counting faces. <laughs> that, that is correct. Which, now, yeah. Okay. So Alabama has its secondary coaching staff and its tertiary coaching staff and its backup tertiary coaching staff. And I don't put their faces on the website. Why does anybody need to know what they look like? That is, so. that is correct. Now, and there's a story behind that. We'll get to that as well. On the face of things, the listed non-covert, right, credentialed staff for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, they have 45 on-field coaches, including coaches, strength coaches, graduate assistants, and support staff. I think on EDSBS tomorrow, we just try to name all of them, Ryan. 
right? Like Jowl. I think like Jowl Monkey has to be one of them, right? <laughs> oh, like, I see. I see. This is like Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel's kids, basically. Correct. Correct. Like, what do all forty-five people do? Right? Mm-hmm. Echo. Echo maintenance. Right. Right. <laughs> Definitely all, need it. All, all of Philip Rivers' kids. Every single one of them. Regis Philbin. Just listed there at like the 38th slot for no reason whatsoever. He's a fan. He's good. Uh, but they're followed by, on the top five, by Texas at 44, Georgia at 42, Auburn at 41, and Michigan at 40. Michigan, by the way, Big Ten member, uh, they handed a $20 million bonus to their commissioner because he makes a lot of tackles. Got a hell of an arm, Jim Delaney. Beautiful post patterns. Who's at the bottom? At the bottom, in terms of bang for buck, and you asked that knowing the answer, and I love you for it. Like, who's got, like, seven coaches? Yeah, who's got two coaches, one of whom is part-time? Kansas State. It's Kansas great. State, by the way, if you, if, you do, if you do Kansas State in terms of wins per staffers, no one is more efficient than Bill, I was born in the Depression, Snyder. It's beautiful. Which, which Depression? It was the South Seas bubble back in the 18th century, actually. But, you know, he made it through it and recouped his losses, you know, trading with the Dutch. Had a cinnamon farm in Jakarta. It was weird. Not because because he was alive, but because, man, Bill Snyder swore that, you know, like, Dutch Indonesia wasn't worth the investment back in, like, 1620. Time and tide change everyone's opinions, man. So what's what's the number for K-State? Uh, let, let's go through this. The the actual number for Kansas State, if you are looking, and I because I can tell you on the on the website they list, <clears throat> they say they have ten full time coaches. Yes, they have total number of staff for Kansas State. They have twenty four, twenty four. Now I will tell you this: the listed number for Oklahoma State is even lower. Like if you want to know who like. Who's got this thing wired? Mike Gundy's practices are like 90 minutes. They only have 20 listed staff. They win somewhere between, what, 8 and 11 games every single year, right? Mike Gundy lives in Stillwater where rent's like $30, right? I mean, dude dude has this like like low-key wired for speed, man. Like his life is in very, very good shape. All he has to do is like wear a singlet every now and then to like pimp for Oklahoma State Wrestling, who sold out their arena after he did that, by the way, in case you do not doubt that this man is a local god. And occasionally he has to get in like a public like snip fit with, uh, with T. Boone Pickens. And who wouldn't enjoy that, man? Talking shit to a billionaire is great. Although I think T. Boone's now in that 100 million range. Shh, don't tell anybody. Oh. Ooh. Damn. I know. Deep and factual burns. They don't go away or heal quickly. What are we actually talking about this week? Oh, um, man. Well, I wanted to start with a little bit of history. Okay. You say start as if we are not already 10 minutes into this podcast, but cool. Time is time is really a debatable quantity, right? Might not exist. If you're a Big 12 ref, yes, that's true. If you're stuck listening to this bullshit... Then yeah, I, I I guess that'd be a comforting thought. Then you are then you have decided that time is an expendable resource. That's true. Well, you know what? According to some physicists, might not even exist as a variable. And if that's true, the full ca- the full cast has never been a waste of anything but your attention. Okay? Oh shit! So we've gone four D. We we are. Or, man, or have we gone two D? The podcast that plays ten dimensional chess. Eleven dimensional billiards that's us baby tell your story I, I i would love to talk a little bit of history because we have um it, just randomly i'm just going to mention disclosing classified information not that it's relevant <laughs> to anything not that that's a problem <laughs> yeah not that that's a problem anywhere okay but god you know john mccain listens to this podcast you monster He's gonna. He is going to be absolutely. I'm, I'm, leaving, I'm leaving a four star review on iTunes. Four, I say. <laughs> that I will edit the next day to five. <laughs> yes, I am going to object and then let you guys do whatever you want. I'm considering fact, a four star review. I will issue a sternly 
worded letter of support for you. John McCain says you should subscribe to the full Shutdown Fullcast. I will scowl at you while holding up a photograph of myself smiling. John McCain, you spineless biatch. I object to your sentiment, but I support your ability to say it. Five stars, gentlemen. Thank you, Senator McCain. The thing I wanted to start on in terms of divulged intelligence and scandal, a little bit of history. I wanted to take you back to 1972. 1972. Uh, back in ye old Southwest Conference. Now, if you do not know, kids, and I will take any help you guys would like in conveying the sketchiness of this conference, by the way. The Big 12 hasn't always been around. Nope. I, I, I know that such an august and stable institution is the Big 12, right? Which has been a model of harmony and peace for everyone in college football. Nay, a shining paragon of brotherly cooperation and equality among its members. The Big 12 has not always been here. Nope. No, no, no. It, it's... It's actually a relatively new invention. And in this case, at this time, Oklahoma, the University of Oklahoma, and the University of Texas were both members of something called the Southwest Conference. The Southwest Conference, uh, reputation-wise, Jason, what would you say the reputation of the Southwest Conference was? <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. That's a really good way of putting it. Let me put it this way, okay? Almost exclusively schools from Texas. So, so in other words, just, just rich morons. Rich morons pouring money into football and buying stuff. Who is in that? Uh, SMU. Uh, are, are you talking about Camaro buying Eric Dickerson paying SMU? You're damn right we're talking about SMU, okay? Uh, Oklahoma was in that conference. Oh, are we talking about Barry Switzer, Jamel Holloway, uh, your mama got a new trailer, Oklahoma? You're damn right we do. See Barry if you need a hundred bucks. He'll give it to you in cash. And forget about it. He really did. It wasn't like he was corrupt and like keeping tabs on anything. He'd just give you a hundred bucks. You look like a good kid. Yeah, that. TCU. TCU. Back when they weren't exactly like Lily Clean. Yeah. Th this whole conference. And on top of that, Texas. Where? Ryan, have you ever heard this story? I mean, you haven't told the story, so no, no, it was no. In 1972, the LBJ story about oh. how they used to, about how they used to close visits, particularly those with African American athletes no. on, on campus at the University of Texas. No, I have, I haven't, and I'm already afraid. No, it's great. It's okay. great for a time. For a time, whenever there was a, an athlete who might be sort of hedging on whether they should come to UT Austin, which at the time had a reputation for being. Uh, you know, broadly culturally tolerant, but not exactly the best or most inclusive place to be an African-American athlete. They would bring you onto the quad, and on the quad you would hear the sound of a helicopter. And then the helicopter would land in front of you, and out would stride Lyndon Baines Johnson, the president from Texas, who signed the, the Civil Rights Act, strolling out of the helicopter. And he would say, well, welcome, gentlemen, to the University of Texas. And that was typically one of the things that they would do to close things. That gives you a show. Then he would show you his dick. And then he's, <laughs> does Ho Chi Minh have this? I mean, I did. I did assume that was what would happen. Yeah. Does Barry Switzer have this? Well, I, I don't know. He might. He's <laughs> he's very resourceful. No, you'd know. Barry would not keep it a secret. <laughs> you damn. You damn. You damn right. We stole LBJ's dick. <laughs> we keep it locked in this safe. I'll keep it there. It's oh, safe. hell, that little old thing. <laughs> I took everything else from Texas. I might as well have taken that. <laughs> Happier than a pig and shit. Barry Switzer. So this gives you an idea of the theater, pomp and circumstance, and commitment to um, a certain money degree of excellence in amateur athletics that was the Southwest Conference. That spread to pretty much everything that the conference did, including, including the art of espionage. 1972, Daryl Royal, legendary Texas coach, not too recently deceased. If there's a quote in football, by the way, and you hear it, Daryl Royal said it. Daryl Royal grew suspicious when, this is from a, a newsok.com, Daily Oklahoma article from 1996, uh, OU's players had yelled, quick kick, after a simple UT substitution, and then blocked the ensuing punt to break open a 3-0 game. 
Texas at that point hadn't used a quick kick in four years. So naturally, with Barry Switzer already beginning to eat him alive on the recruiting trail and some suspicion, uh, Daryl Royal began to uh, do some investigating on his own and got confirmation of the espionage from, uh, from who? From a Houston businessman. Okay. And said that a guy named Lonnie Williams had posed as a painter inside Memorial Stadium. And when it came time to take notes on him, would go to the restroom and take notes on Longhorn workouts and practices. Now, naturally, uh, the guy who was the contact for this uh, was Larry Lacewell. I want you to remember that name, okay? First of all, uh, Oklahoma or Southwest Conference coach named Larry Lacewell, straight out of Central Casting. Uh, but also, he's interesting for another reason. Also, Larry Lacewell, buddy of Barry Switzer. Barry Switzer, of course, uh, denied everything. Royal said to the press that he would offer ten grand if the OU coaches would take and pass a polygraph, proving their innocence. And if they do it, he'd quit coaching. Royal would quit a couple of years later anyway. But he said he would quit coaching. Typically when somebody's like, hey, if you do it, I'll quit, they kind of want to quit anyway. Right? <laughs> Larry Lacewell in response said he'd take it, but not for ten grand, but for three hundred grand, and I quote, Cash money. <laughs> so, so if you want to know, by the way, another thing about the Southwest Conference, they, they were saying the phrase cash money in quotes mm -hmm. well before Randy Moss. Non-sequential. Okay. Non-sequential bills, please. No cops. I'm going I'm to take that to Mexico and check it for, a, now, for a, a die bomb. To be clear, you did say take, not pass, right? I get the money? Okay. Uh, take and pass. Take and oh. pass. Oh, oh you, think, you think they weren't Shit. up on their oral contracts. Shit. Please. Also, it got even worse. Went up in the papers next day. Associated Press reporter. Here's Royal referred to the Oklahoma Sooners as, quote, those sorry bastards. It's all very juicy, right? Barry Switzer completely denies it. Keep in mind, by the way, this is an article from 1996 at the time. Who is Barry Switzer coaching, Ryan? Oh, God, he's... He's Cowboys coach, isn't he? <laughs> That's Super Bowl winning what Barry Switzer shit? to you. Uh, at the time, by the way, Barry Switzer, just an assistant. He's not quite up on it yet. Uh, but uh, years later, and here's my favorite part, okay? Everybody denies everything. Everybody gets real mad, right? And uh, and uh, did, did Barry do it? Well, 1974 gets accused of it again. He, he he denies it now, but he acknowledged it in 1990 in a book. <laughs> Just wrote it down. Yeah, we did it. If I did it, and I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then denied it. Yeah, yeah. So Barry Switzer has alternately uh, denied and admitted that they were, in fact, yes, in 1972 and 1974, uh, cheating. In 1990, he wrote, it did happen, as it turned out, although I didn't know it at first, Daryl was right to accuse us of that. It was my fault, so I was the head coach, and it happened. In 2001, hell, Daryl was right. We were spying, but it happened several years earlier when I was assistant. But it's so damn long ago, I can't remember the details. <laughs> Summary, TLDR, uh, Barry Switzer was totally cheating in Oklahoma. So, uh, you know, don't deny it. Just come right out and be Barry Switzer. Be 1990, Barry Switzer. Don't, don't say, well, I can't remember it. You remember it. You remember like third down from a game in 1977 in the third quarter. Totally remember whether you cheated or not. I, I just like the idea that Barry Switzer is like, well, as, an, as a creative writer, um, I, I felt that, you know, it enhanced the, it enhanced the fiction for me to, that was, for me that to was, inject that drama. I view that story. as the character's choice, not mine. Yeah, so, I was I was playing Barry Switzer. That's who that's who Barry Switzer, uh, that character, what he what he would have done. Um, Spencer, you still need to tie a Larry Lacewell bow on all of this. That is, thank you. That is our last bit. Larry Lacewell, the assistant in question, right, who is contacted for this and who says, if you give me three hundred grand, right, that I will do it according to. I can't believe this actually happened. Like, this is the part that I actually, like, cannot really necessarily believe, but that has been verified 
on more than one occasion. Larry Lacewell, uh, who goes on to work with Switzer for the Cowboys, okay? Which goes to show you, man, if you got a winning pony, stick with it. Because guess what that pony will do? That pony will get you a job. That also is what um, Barry Switzer calls his dick, winning pony. So mm, Funny that you should take that turn in the narrative. Uh, Larry Barry Switzer ends up having an affair with uh, Larry Lacewell's wife. Oh. Yeah. And uh, guess who's still friends? Well. Barry and, Barry and Larry. Barry, <laughs> man, Barry and Larry just... Barry and Larry just chose bros before the other option. Well, I guess Larry's name is Lacewell, but doesn't, I, I lay, quote, doesn't lay well. I, I quote, I quote uh, Larry Lacewell, Barry Switzer will take a lot of things to his grave. A lot of them good, some of them bad. But nobody who knows football has ever accused him of being a bad football coach. <laughs> You had an affair with my wife. Yeah, but damn that yeah, man. Yeah, but damn it, coach. So. <laughs> God, Jesus, man. You ever seen him watch film? <laughs> of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what you're doing wrong, Larry. <laughs> How'd you get this footage? <laughs> well, all right. That's part two of what I got to tell you. Yeah. I believe Larry Lacewell is also the one who had <laughs> Jeff Perlman's book, Boys Will Be Boys, is pissing off of the side of a wedding tent right like drunk off his ass when switzer is a cowboys coach and barry is equally drunk and kicking him in the leg while he pees <laughs> so he will pee all over himself at the same time this is after this all happened like if you want the original habitual line stepper it's barry switzer hell of a coach it's <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> like Listen, ma'am, they played hard, so I guess my wife was, was committed to the team. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't understand any of this. I'm just amazed it all happened and that all of these people are still alive. That's true. Well, Yeah, that's by the way, like, I'm not making this up. That's from Perlman's book, and that is from a Dallas Magazine article that I will happily include with this post in case lawyers call. All true. Let's talk about vacation. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is the... This is the time of the year for vacations, like in football generally, right? Like everywhere, but particularly in football. Because Jason and I were not on last week's episode because we were each on vacation. I have not listened, but I'm told that you fucked up the audio, something fierce. So good job. No, no, it was creative. It was Spencer was in the left ear and Holly Mm -hmm. was in the right. So it was like. It was like Outcast. For the (laughs) first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, for the first three minutes, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with my headphones? You know. And then uh, one 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 listener pointed out, you could just take out the left headphone, and it's like, oh, this is a really nice podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I like I like to give the uh, the reader the option of or listener the option of not having me at all, or if, or if for some reason they don't like Holly, which I can't imagine, they could just have me. Or if they don't like either of us, they can take eh, she, both headphones out she, and simply let it play. She might have them blocked on Twitter. Holly? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, hard to believe. I know. I know. The uh, But yes, this is vacation. We asked you, the listener, for some vacation rules, right? Like we wanted you to, to have takes that we could defend. And ultimately, I think these kind of got like codified because... People kept saying the same things over and over again. Yeah, usually we like to pick out, you know, four or five of the hottest takes and break those down. But this time around, y'all delivered so many, uh, so many things in bulk, just the same ideas over and over that I went ahead and grouped them up. And I think we'll, you know, if we have time, we'll still talk about a few um, outliers that didn't fit any of these genres, well, but this this grouping, looking at it all as a whole, paints a picture, a very particular picture of a vacationer, and it's it's a little bleak. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so, um, what I thought we could do is I could just lightning round through these, and Spencer and Ryan can offer their verdicts, thumbs up or thumbs down, on whether we agree with these as a vacation truth. Okay. So, 
Um, let me let me jump out of order here. Uh, planning a vacation is fun. Executing it is um, not fun. Like the actual vacation, that is um, that's it's going to devolve into chaos. Recovering from it is when you really pay for the whole thing. Okay, you want us to hmm. take these piece by piece? I think that's just all. That is just one. That's that's one one cone. Mm. Um, I don't know if planning a vacation is fun. I yeah, think it's, I'll, I think it's, I'll simmer on that. I think it sounds fun, and then you start, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, this is... I mean, imagine... I was thinking about how hard it must have been to plan a vacation before the internet, because now, if you're like, okay, we're going to location A, and we need to find a hotel, I can go on a million websites and find photos and reviews and compare rates and whatever. What the fuck did you do before the internet? How did you... Oh, even... you looked at a damn paper map. You, you yeah, looked at a, you, yeah called, you, went, you went to tri- you, you went called. to AAA. Yeah, you went to AAA and they were like, "Well, let's see what the map of Yuma is and let's just call every Best Western and see who's available." But you had no idea what you were getting into once you signed up for something. No, or you called, and that was my favorite was you go, "Uh, well, do you have any rooms?" "Yeah." "Okay, well, do 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 you uh what what are they like?" And they would have to tell you. They'd go, "Well, that one's got two beds." But, like, wow, but none this, of them were going to be like they're assy and they smell like weed. Yeah, no, no, no. You couldn't. You couldn't just actually. I mean, a couple of them were like that, right? <laughs> the generally, generally, the thing you would have to do is you would have to know somebody who'd been there, right? right. You'd go, oh, okay, man, is this is this place pretty good? And they'd go, yeah. Now this is when you discovered which one of your friends was a dirtbag and which one of them uh, were not, because they'd go, yeah, man, it's fine, and you'd show up, and it would be the place that had like. Um, doorknob ripped off right. on the inside but not the outside right the kind, the kind of the kind of place where they use um that thing you stick on the wall to prevent the door from banging in the doorknob from banging into the wall and they use those mm-hmm. to patch holes all mm-hmm. over the all over the room yeah kind of place that had like the sad red carpet of impending divorce and cigarette mm-hmm. smoke yeah the, as- the asbestos blanket the pure asbestos blanket yeah the vibrating bed always yep. quality when you showed up my dad was the master of the last minute like the last minute botched vacation, like, hey kids, what if last minute we go to Cincinnati? And, <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like jackass, like, oh god, I got a family. We should go on vacation with them. I worked like ninety hours this week, but God, they're only little for so long. Let's go to Cincinnati. You know, it's very like sweet and endearing in retrospect, but at the time you're like, Jesus, Dad, why? We, why did you I, do they, this? They have a decent zoo. <laughs> they got a bridge. It's almost like the Brooklyn Bridge, but without the cool city surrounding it. Kentucky's on one side. <laughs> Yeah, like that was that was my dad, and like you know, we stayed at this one place called the Paddle Paddle Wheeler Inn. Oh, I Jesus. guarantee you. Yeah, yeah, you know it was you, back because we walked you in. Don't, you don't want your hotel to be named after an alternate mode of transportation. No, 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 no. You don't want like the telegraphers the telegraphers treat. No, that's a bad form of communication. The Paddle the pe- Wheeler the Penny Inn. The Penny Farthing Motel. No, you, know, you don't want that. I, you never want to stay in a themed hotel, period. Right. Yeah, Just, exactly. unless it's Vegas. Vegas, it's yeah. acceptable. Well, then, and then, then you have no choice. Camp. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, I, don't stay in Vegas. That, I think that's the overarching that's lesson. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But, so, but I went to the paddle wheeler, by the way, just like to conclude. Moist carpet on the way in, deep shag, and the beds had coin slots for a vibrating bed, which is how you know it was quality. And not at all a front for prostitution. Um, so yeah, this lightning round is already slowing down to impressive levels. Uh, we'll, we'll say no, because planning a vacation is not fun. So yeah, I can't okay. agree with the rest of the statement. Well, it's a Big Ten lightning round. Um, <laughs> so a lot of people had variations on this take that all sort of melded into this one. Going alone on a vacation is the perfect vacation. Um, if you have... If you have more than three people, you're going to have a bad time. If you have more than six people, you're going to have uh, a colossally awful time. Go. Um. No, no, this is this is not true. Six can be good, but you're going to break up into clicks, and you're going to have to accept that. Yeah, it's it, it, a lot of this. So many of these questions depend on like where you are in your life. If you are single or coupled but childless going on a group vacation overall can be good 
I can't imagine. I haven't done it, but I have no desire to like. And I did do this as a kid where we and another family would go on vacations together. And even at the tender age of 11 or something, I was just like, this is this is fucking stupid. There is no there is no like math to this. There is no like economic argument for this. It's just a way for our mothers to quietly hate one another. Yeah. Yeah. Although these are good because I will say this, if it's with large family, you find out which one of your cousins, A, does drugs and B, has sort of a residual but lingering like sexual tension with you. Always great. Love that. So more than wow. six. Wow. Yeah. More, more than six can be pretty. I'm from Tennessee. Oh, yeah, right, like, right, 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 um, right. I haven't. Have, have either of you ever gone on vacation alone? I have not. I have. Has. I have. It's great. You should, everyone should do it. I went to Glacier National Park. If I'd been eaten by a bear, no one would have found me for a couple of days. It rules. There's no demands. You get up when you want. You go where you want. You do exactly what you want. It's exactly like when you were a little kid and you're like, if, like my wife always says that. She's like, if, when I was a kid, I wanted to go to Disney World and ride all the rides by myself. And you really, <laughs> and you get to do that. It's amazing. Like you get, if you're the kind of person who gets a little lonely, hey, you can get lonely. But guess what? Uh, the internet's everywhere. Right. So like for Glacier, I just went to the park completely by myself, occasionally met people. Right. Uh, you have to convince them that you're not like a sex offender. Right. Like, yeah, I'm not traveling alone because uh, I'm a sex offender. Or terrifying. <laughs> and after that, after that, it's really, really cool. Like I met two. Bel- I just I just want to know if the parking was free. Why did you say that? I know. Yeah. Like, no, 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 <laughs> sir, no. This, no. Sir, this is a Wendy's drive through. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, but but the key point is here. Yeah, Again, a frosty, a small I'm frosty. Not, I'm not, I'm a, not sex a sex offender. <laughs> I'm totally not a serial killer either. God. I think the one the one potential downside to going on vacation alone is you have nobody to shit talk with, and I find that to be a very important part, at least of my vacation strategy, because there will be a point where something stupid and annoying will happen to you, and it is extremely satisfying to have a friend or a partner or somebody that you can just be like, man, that was some fucking bullshit. You know what though? When that happens, when you're alone, you know what it is? You're just like, ah, oh, man, you don't have to have that reflex. You're like, man, the universe is kind of crazy like yeah, that. I, I don't <laughs> like, know. It I, could be anything. You're like, I got robbed. And you're I like, Oh I, man, I, that's just, that's just a learning experience right you're there. Just, you're just, you're just like fake deep with yourself. <laughs> oh, you get to be fake deep with yourself all day long, man. Did, you're I, just like, did I get robbed or did I never have those possessions in the first place? You know what? Possession, I, all, all possessions are theft anyway. Maybe, so. maybe those possessions had me and maybe I was freed. Exactly. It came and went, man. Like it just, what it was here and it's gone, but I'm still here. Right? Like, yeah, it, it's cool. Like, a cop sees it and runs up like, do you want to do you want to press charges? Listen, man, I just had a cool encounter with this guy who is borrowing some stuff from me. So, Listen, you know, yeah. understanding yourself is the only passport you really need. Yeah. Like when I was in when I was in Montana, I was waiting in line for Glacier. You know, you have to pay your entry fee for the weekend. I'm waiting. I'm pretty sure I'm next to some guy who's like a stormfront guy. Right. Like a total white supremacist. And like. If I had been with somebody else, I'd been like, dude, look at that total Nazi. Oh, my God. And I'm with him alone. I'm like, can't bother me, bro. I'm in a yellow rental Mustang. Whatever. It's cool. I hope you get eaten by a bear. But I don't mean that in a mean way. Like, yeah. You, like, what? Okay. He probably thought you were a sex offender, in fairness. He probably, and he was probably looking over at me. He was like, it's just a liberal sex offender over there. Look at him. <laughs> nice. And if he said that out the window, I just would have been like, yeah, right, man. So I think what we're saying is the alone vacation, yes, but the group vacation, just be sure you have allies. Yeah, 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 exactly. Group vacation, accept clicks, manage well. When somebody says, let's all do anything together, object strenuously and say, I'll be the asshole. Take that on if you're the kind of person who can do that. And if you're not, find the asshole, lobby, and get them to say it for you, okay? Also, also- logical split. The logical splits, by the way, moms versus dads, youngs versus olds, okay? And drinkers versus non-drinkers. Exploit that. Use wedge politics, and you will enjoy your group vacation. So find the drunkest dad. Yeah. Oh, drunk dad. Drunk dad is an ally here. Drunk dad said we could rent a boat. You're going to end up renting a boat. You know why? No one's like, you don't have, you have too many hands, right? They're like, blah, 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 I don't know what to do. Yeah, guess what? Drunk dad already got a boat. It's cool. Either I like we- it. 
in this situation, it, you sort of wind up with everyone wanting to please everyone. So, like, you can really nudge the Overton window toward <laughs> insanity. Like, yeah, yeah, we're we're getting a fucking. Well, Robbie said he wanted to rent a boat. Well, Daryl, so Daryl, we yeah. Daryl, da- Charlene already told Daryl we could get tattoos, and like, I just, I think it'd be better if we just didn't cause problems. Also, you got to accept that somebody's auntie who's trying to control the whole thing. Man, they're just gonna end up hating you. You gotta let you gotta write that off. You're like Andy Carla. You wanted us all to have dinner at six p.m., but guess what? We went to Animal Kingdom and we found the margaritas, and it none got kind of out of hand. None of this is theoretical. You are just telling stories from your own. Life. I am just listen. I only speak from experience, so that all you right. can take the gilded lessons of my mistakes and turn them into operational knowledge. All right, there's no way we're gonna get through the rest of these, but please. No, no, try. we got it. We'll let's go quick. Try. We'll go let's quick. Let's try. Ah, oh, we're good. We're good. I'm I'm running this show here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this particular portion of the show. We're moving good. it, moving at the speed of Georgia. Let's go. <laughs> we got two hours booked, right? Uh, a bunch of short trips versus one long trip. I'll, I'll I'll jump in real quick here and say I support this one. Um, the, our, our finest vacation we've taken since my daughter was born. Was, in my opinion, they would have different opinions, but my opinion was we took a short trip to West Virginia. Did some did some rafting, did some hiking and shit. Then we took a very short trip to the Panhandle. Did some beach stuff on the Gulf side that doesn't suck. That was a great vacation. Didn't cost a lot of money. We got to do a bunch of different shit. Uh, and every other vacation we take is like a week and a half somewhere expensive. I will concur. Without support staff, one long trip, essentially an endurance run for either your family relations or you as a parent, okay? If you're going to do one long trip, that's a solo adventure. I encourage you to do it. Maybe maybe with a duo, uh, anything over two people is going to get kind of tiresome. Bunch of short trips, especially if you have small children or old people in tow. Uh, I will also agree, but for different reasons. If you take a short trip, like a three-day weekend, you can be like, yeah, fuck it. Let's eat whatever we want. And we're on vacation, and it's a short time. If you go on a long trip, like day seven, you're like, ugh. I really should just eat some salad with no dressing. You're fucking terrible. Gout trip. That reminds me of when we did for the uh, the 2014 title game. We were all in Dallas oh, for like God. five days, and by the last day, we did what was that barbecue place we we did for Easy Call? That was a uh, very poor idea. We ended uh, up eating the place, at- in, the place in Deep Ellum. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's it's, there's a video of it online. Yeah. It's yeah. it's great, but we went back to it for like breakfast before the flight out, and I was just sitting there like, if I take one more bite, I'm going to die. Pecan <laughs> Lodge, we right went to Pecan Lodge, Pecan yes, Lodge, yeah. and we got yep. the fucking platter. And then you know, after four days of tacos and burgers and whatnot, we got the fucking platter again. And I seriously thought I was going to die if I took another bite. Yeah, if we ever we uh, and a, that was we, a damn work trip. We so. will never we will never do a trip like that again. But B, if we do, the first thing I'm doing is going to Walmart and just buying the vegetable platter. Just two of those and being like, these are here. Use them. Keep your body moving. Next yeah, that, question. Yeah. Next question. Let's go. Next. All right. So these we will actually do pretty quickly. We'll go through destinations. Um, Gatlinburg sucks. Never been. Can't say. Disagree. They got a knife store and they have. What? Yeah, they got a. They got like. They got what? China Knife Bazaar over in Pigeon Forge? Please. Wow. Uh, there's this other cool place you can buy knives, though. It's called the Internet. It, we... The damn the damn knife channel with the, the Twitter account that tweets out pictures of different Trump knives every we, half hour. Y'all see that? We rate knives. Yeah. 11 out, 11 out of 10. Very good knife. Listen, go, anti, anti-Gatlinburg people, I stand with you. All they got uh, is a sick bear. Next question. They, Europe sucks. Uh, I say no. I like Europe. Wow. Europe's, I will say this. Europe's for old tourists. You should go places where they don't speak English and things are difficult before. And then you should go to Europe afterwards. So I like this take by Scott Oliver, Scott Free 825 on Twitter. Traveling to Europe is obsolete because of Epcot's World Village. I'm stupid enough to <laughs> <laughs> I'm so stupid. I agree with that with my actual full mind and heart. Like, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. I, I spent $9 on some German food. I'm plus, good. Plus, there are no Americans, American college students doing study abroad at Epcot. Or if you are, man, you go to a bad college. You need to do better. <laughs> you either go to a bad college or you, you have go to no UCF. <laughs> I studied abroad at Morocco. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I will say I will say this by the way, Europe, like going there when you're young makes no sense. It's super expensive and everything is like handicapped. Not now, not now, dog. Brexit. Okay. <laughs> Greece, baby. Greece. They set their whole economy on fire. You might as well take advantage of the savings. Santorini for four dollars a day. Everything's gotta go. They'll, they'll pay you to fly there. Like, like it's mostly handicapped, accessible. It's expensive. Oh, why are you gonna go there when you're young? Go to some place like, kind of like you know, a little more difficult. While you still have like the patience, but lack the dollars. That that's what you should do. Everybody does that backwards. Go to Europe when you're older. Next question. Next question. Uh, cruises suck. I've never been on a cruise, but they seem like trash because I don't want to be somewhere I can't leave. The only places that those are that I know of are jails and hospitals and cruises. And those I are got all trash. An got, got an argument. David Foster Wallace went on one and then he committed suicide. Now, admittedly, the lag time between those two uh, might invalidate my argument, but I'm going to take it as true. Cruises are just paranoia inducing fear voyages. The only decent ones for parents. Disney cruises of a moderate length because you can literally just drop your kids off all day. That's I it. Have, I have also never been on a cruise, but my 10-year high school reunion was briefly slated to take place on a booze cruise, and I have never seen people I went to high school so mad at the idea that they would not be allowed to leave their reunion whenever the fuck they wanted. So I will, on the basis of Hillsborough High School students alone, no, cruises are bad. Fuck cruises. Next. Uh, going somewhere where it is very hot. That's a terrible idea. Uh, disagree. Disagree. Get used, get used to the heat. There's some beautiful places that are just insanely hot. Thailand is one of them. Thailand rules. So uh, just on the basis of that alone, reject. Going somewhere hot is fine. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, pretty soon you won't have any other options. So lean into it. Get used to it fuckers um so to me the distinction here is humidity if you're going somewhere that's hot and humid um just really think about whether it's worth it if you're going somewhere that's just plain hot just fucking suck it up because it's not actually hot if it's not humid it's just warm um beaches most beaches suck agreed a hundred percent agree it's true over overdeveloped filled with assholes don't know how to act right usually uh we've discussed this before on the podcast but in the great triumvirate of pool, lake, beach. Lake is obviously the superior choice for any of these. Beach, mm -hmm. far too many variables, including like just the prevalence of sand in everything. Like, whoa, why don't we go to a desert that's bordered with like tepid water filled with people who don't know how to act and who look awful with their clothes off, uh, filled in this thing that's filled with carnivorous fish, spiny, stinging things, and uh and jet skis yeah oh, you and and, you and also it's perfect for wiping off all of the sunscreen you put on no mm, the, that'd be good yeah the beach is the part of the, the part of the earth that the ocean is trying its hardest to get rid of trust the ocean the ocean knows what's best man i couldn't say any better agreed yeah just like moana um going <laughs> far sucks never go far go near disagree 100 percent it it 100% depends on where you live, I think. But in general, going far is good because this is – I don't think this is in your list, but a lot of people said this, that it's not vacation um, <clears throat> unless you're going somewhere where your phone doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And you got to go far. I, I agree with that sentiment. And you got to go far to go somewhere where your phone doesn't work. But once you do, it's amazing. You should do it. <laughs> well, Ryan, we live, we, we live in Georgia, so that's not quite as true here. But <laughs> If, if mm -hmm. you go – if you listen – if you go far away to where you can't get reception, you won't be able to download the shutdown full cast, and now you've had a great vacation. You're welcome. Wow. Just improved your life with that one quick fix. Yeah, don't go uh, don't go don't go far to get the same thing, by the way. That's like you should go far for something different, right? And don't and don't go far with kids. It's very dumb to go far with kids unless you're going to be there for three months. And by the way, if you're taking a vacation that long, you're really considering just living in that place, right? Like, oh, well, you know, me and my husband, who has a trust fund, we just took the kids to Australia for three months. No, no you live there for three months. Yeah, that's, you that's, moved. that's how that worked out. You, you moved. Li you live in a tiny house now. Enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, going anywhere at all sucks. Just get drunk at your house. <laughs> the, the, there are a lot of our listeners who advocated the staycation model. Um, no, because 
half the reason you go somewhere is that you are allowed to do shit that you can't do when you're at home. Like, um, I don't know, put your towels on the floor and it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's a thing. The hotel tells you, do this so we know to clean them. Please put your towels on the fucking floor. Do that shit at home and see how fast you get smacked. Oh, why did you leave your towel on the floor? Your wet, dirty towel. Oh, because I wanted you to know that I wanted you to clean it. Was that not cool? Shit. Let me tell you, it's worse if you put them on home and nobody smacks you. Because you know what that means? You're the <laughs> one who's supposed to be picking them up. That means you have a bad home. <laughs> that means you got a bad home and you're the one who's responsible for it. Surprise! Uh, yeah, just get drunk at your house. It's a terrible idea. You just be a, the vacation is about going somewhere where, yeah, you can't normally do those things. And two, someone else is going to take care of business. And three, um, you ever thought about getting drunk in the woods? Let me just go ahead and get my redneck on for a minute. You should go get drunk in the woods. It's great. Yes. Go get drunk yep. in the outdoors. It's amazing. So along those lines, another one was um, sort of boiled down to if you have to leave your house, um, be sure you go somewhere desolate and dangerous and you do something stupid. And Correct. I think this, so this Spencer already <laughs> agrees on this. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. I didn't this, even have this, to get to dangerous. This is Spencer's life motto, and this also ties into uh, what Ryan was mentioning about make sure your phone doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you got to make sure it's good. desolate and dangerous. If you're not taking out some form of insurance prior to the trip, limited only to the term of the trip, I really question whether you're doing it right. Go somewhere desolate and dangerous, so that when you get home, you recognize it in relief as, oh, this is home. It's a cushy place. I don't even I, have to try that hard. I do think you should go somewhere desolate and dangerous, but it should have at least one thing that you can be like, that will be awesome and comfortable. Whether it's like a kind of food that you really like, or a you know like a nice uh, pool that you can like, it should have at least one thing that you can be like, there will be one really chill non-dangerous moment i think you do want that balance yeah Yeah. after you brave your way through the dungeon you open the chest and you get the sword that lets you fight your way to the top of the mountain and then you get a cool view right yeah like like let me tell you like you could stay home and play zelda breath of the wild right oh is that what i was referencing (laughs) right (laughs) or you could play it outdoors like i thought about that i was like I I was like, am I going to tell these kids to just leave the video games at home? No, sir. I'm telling you to take them outside. (laughs) Nah, guess guess who just took the Nintendo Switch to the Grand Canyon? I was was going to say, did you take the Switch (laughs) to the Grand Canyon? Yeah, we played Mario Kart at the Grand Canyon. Like, this is the greatest thing any human has ever done. (laughs) We're connected to no internet whatsoever. (laughs) When When Alexander the Great had that moment where he was like, conquered all there is to see you like thousands of years later are like eat it rainbow road bitch (laughs) conquer that you were wrong (laughs) alexander the okay um final take national parks are very good yes this was the one thing everyone approved of yes i think national national parks are fucking awesome especially because national parks by and large, have, like, very reasonable expectations for you. It's like, show up, stay as long as you want, or don't, do it short, do it fast, whatever. It's not, just, please don't set anything on fire or be a complete asshole. Yeah, that and this. Like, if you go out there, they're like, it's yours. There's this, it's awesome when you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, I own this after all. It's cool. Uh, you know, I'm going to take, you see people who are the most environmentally irresponsible people in the world roll up to a national park, and suddenly they're like, I think I stepped on a flower. <laughs> like, this I is mine. The, I should take I care of it. I changed the future. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> you see people who, and this is the other great thing is you will at no point in your life ever feel more seasoned, tough, and mountain manish. You will never feel more seasoned and, and like ready for the wilderness than when you go to a national park and you see other people and how ill-prepared they are. Example. Go watch videos of people's cars being rammed by bison at Yellowstone, which there's like 20 videos on YouTube, at least, that are high quality of bison just walking by a car and being like, fuck your car, <laughs> and just hitting it, right? Um, they're my idea of light entertainment, but when you watch people and how they react to it, it's awesome because, you know, how would you react if you saw a bison hit a car? You'd just be like, oh, that's that's funny, right? Like, you'd probably go, oh, right? There are people Owned. who are like... Yeah, exactly. World star, right? There are people in these videos who are like, how did that happen? 
<laughs> oh my gosh! Look at it. What? Why did it do that? <laughs> and you're like, I am like eight steps ahead of you, but embracing the natural hostile chaos of nature, lady. Because, like, you. Why did that bison do that? Why don't you ask it? Why don't you stroll up to it, dude? Dude in the Minnesota Golden Gopher shirt. Who, by the way, everyone in Glacier National Park who had Minnesota gear on was wearing shorts, even though it was like 45 degrees on a mountain pass, like in cotton, sitting up there like, yo, I don't, this isn't cold. It's guys a little warm of, out here. Guys are a bunch of pansies standing out there in your, your mountain gear, your breathable non-cotton mountain gear. You can bring the ice. It'll stick to my flesh like the scales of a lizard make me stronger. Yeah, that's watching other people encounter the wilderness and realizing that while you, you may not be Bear Grylls, you may not be Survivor Man, you're definitely further along than a good chunk of the population. You can feel smug about that. I encourage you to. Like, the difference for me between a national park and a regular vacation is, like, you go to Disney or what have you, and everything is manicured for you, everything is taken care of for you. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's like there is just a, a hand reaching down from the sky and leading you along and keeping you safe, and every ride is designed for you not to be able to sue anyone, and they went, you know, just every step is, is just totally, totally gives, designed to give you the false impression that, like, the whole world revolves around you. You go to a national park and you realize you don't fucking matter. Oh, yeah. Like, this shit has been being built for 900 million years 900 million years from now it'll well it'll be underwater but you know it'll still be going you'll be not even a memory um you know every step you take you have the option of dying if you you know <laughs> like like walking down to the grand canyon it's like wow like literally one false step and i'm dead like and the grand and the grand canyon wouldn't care you the grand would, canyon would not even know you wouldn't even leave a dent <laughs> no I mean, if like if like a, a banana peel fell out of my backpack, someone would yell at my corpse for because you know it, it wouldn't it would take a, a long time to decay because there's no weather. But you deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, banana man. But like, I mean, it just the the awe of standing, you know, amidst all that danger and like, you know, nothing here is designed to make you happy. It's just what it fucking is. Like, yeah, man, that's that's what a vacation is all about. It's not about let's go to, you know, let, let's go to this fake ass hotel or whatever, you know. Also instructive for kids because you take them to the national park and they're like, hey, you know, all those times I told you I didn't care if you were happy with that thing I made because I was just trying to, like, be nice to you. Right. Trying to raise you. Right. Like you're like, oh, I wanted a cookie. And you're like trying to make sure that, you know, you get what you need to eat. Don't need to eat a cookie, right? Because I care. You point out to the Grand Canyon, you're like, you know who doesn't care about you or the existence of cookies? That! And they're like, wow, yeah, that's good. Grand Canyon's definitely not my ally. Dad, I will do whatever you say. They don't do that, by the way. But it's no. nice to think that they would. Also, another great thing about national parks, awesome. You feel like so much more wholesome. And they're like, oh, what'd you do on vacation? Oh, we went on a cruise. What'd you guys do? Yeah, I took my kids. Saw to, America's splendid wilderness. Took my <laughs> took my kids to Zion, where they just absorbed morality and virtue from the soil itself. <sighs> like, oh, so Duncan on you, moral morals wise, spiritually, right <laughs> yeah. now. You could even so, go deep with that, right? They're like, oh, you know, we did. We did Yellowstone. You're like, yeah, I guess you could do Yellowstone. <laughs> we bought something from actual native artists. Oh, did you? He didn't. Wow. I guess I'm laying up treasures in heaven and you're not. That's crazy. Yeah, we did this nice little 1.2 mile loop hike. That's cool. We did a backcountry hike. It was awesome. It was like eight miles in and, you know, like little Holden Caulfield Hall. He's like, you know, he's seven, but, you know, he hacked it the whole time. We had adequate hydration, of course, because... Um, you know, we'd plan for months and, you know, he was holding his own pack and everything. And when we encountered that wounded antelope along the way and, you know, we've had to put it out of its misery in accordance with life's you contract. You have to stop killing dying. things in national parks. I've told you this. Uh, we reported it to the ranger and he said, you know, you did the right thing. That's it. That's that's the merciful thing to do. And then little Holden Caulfield learned something that day. And the other 
family's like, well, I don't know. We went to the racks afterwards. Had good roast beef. And then your, but then your kid's like, yeah, our vacation fucking sucked. (laughs) (laughs) All we did was, all we did was look at some damn rocks. (laughs) I feel like the best parent in the world. Dad, I need the switch. Hand me the Nintendo switch. What was your favorite part of vacation, Taco Bell? It's like I know I know Jim Harbaugh took all those kids to Rome, right? Took a bunch of 18, 19, 20 year olds to Rome. And he's like, everybody look at look at the impossible eternal legacy of man's effort to rise above the animal and construct something beautiful. Those kids nah, were- and, and literally all they did was make Barstool sports videos about pizza. <laughs> Pizza's good. A lot of scooters. Go blue. <laughs> 